I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. It's a Guy Jeans podcast. Hey, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. This is Guy Jeans. This is season three, if you can believe it, episode number 94. Crazy, man. So this is the second year of my podcast. I want to thank you guys all for listening and supporting the podcast. Again, if you guys are listening, wherever you guys are getting your podcast, please write a review. It helps the podcast grow and it's really appreciated. Today's guest is Drake Maples. He's the president of Paramount Outdoors. And I want you guys to check this out, man. These guys have an amazing uh, set of uh, fly fishing gear, waders, headwear, um, sun clothes, that sort of thing. Go to ParamountOutdoors.com and check it out. So it's, uh, it's great stuff. And they've got like 14 different waders, zippered waders, um, to waiter pants, all that kind of stuff. And the price is right. So if you guys want to check those out, go to ParamountOutdoors.com and definitely check that out. So here he is, you guys, Drake Maples from the business Paramount Outdoors. Hi, Drake. How you doing? Good, good, guy. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm checking out your bio, man, and you're you're quite the uh, the businessman. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I just seem to be the guy that never goes away. You just keep, keep bouncing back, you know? <laughs> That's awesome. I, I want to talk to you about your new company. Um, Paramount Outdoors, which is really, yeah. really cool. Um, you've got some great waders and boots and clothing and all that kind of stuff. But let's let's right. let's go back a little bit. Um, you know, when you first started, it looks like you've been in the outdoor industry since 1990. Yeah, yeah. I got started, actually started off on the sales side of the industry back in, after getting out of graduate school and, and going on and had to get a real job. You know, it, it's like everybody else. You start having kids and it's time to get trying to get busy and get a real job so <laughs> got lucky and got into the industry and um the fishing tackle side i started off as the fenwick rep of all things no way and uh started off there and ended up being on the manufacturing side for years and uh, and as you can see there's ended up being at hodgman for several years and then yeah. uh ended up at paramount over the last four years paramount international which is based out of bourbon missouri and then we we bought the paramount outdoor brand uh in july and moved it to northern alabama of all places and uh, have been kind of rocking and rolling since then building building waders for the last three years with paramount and uh, doing head doing headwear paramount historically was the largest american cap manufacturer in the country for many many years started in 1929 do a ton of headwear and uh, so we still do a lot of do a lot of branded caps we do a lot of caps for bass pro and cabela's we do a lot for uh, a lot of folks around the industry yeah i I was checking out uh, everything that you've done. It's an incredible, man. You've been you've been in this industry for a long time, and I, I want to. Well, can I talk to you about um, Fenwick for a second too? I mean, Fenwick's yeah. Fenwick's still going, right? 
Yeah, they still are. Yeah, they're all part of, I think Pure Fishing owns them now. Yeah. Um, they were all part of, uh, when we first took that thing on, it was all, Tom Bedell had just picked it up with Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And uh, we did that for a few years back in the early 90s. And um, it was a, it was still some of the old original blanks. They had a great rod line back in those days. In fact, I've, I've still got some old iron feathers that I've had for 30 years. I've got a Fenwick rod still, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I they're mean, great. They must have sold a, a ton of, of rods, man. I mean, back in the yeah. day, they were the ones, right? Yeah, they really were. In fact, it was a, it was great for me as a, as a sales guy back in those days. I, I was living in Texas and uh, had a lot of great customers all along the Gulf Coast and all around Central Texas area. In fact, interestingly enough, when uh, George Bush Jr. was running for governor in Texas, I had a friend of mine who was guiding at Richmond Chambers Lake, and he called me one morning and needed some needed some Fenwick rods for a, for a special customer that was coming out that day, and of course, me being me, I insisted. Look, dude, I, I got to fish off the front of the boat. You know, if I'm <laughs> going to come and bring your, if I'm going to bring your rods. I got to get on the water. So, I uh, got to go out and fish with those guys for a day, and and uh, and had a lot of fun with it. It was a great line. Are you a fly fisherman? I am. Oh, okay. Am. So we're using the you were using the Fenwick fly rods back then. Actually, that at that time, yes, I was. Uh-huh. But in that particular, in that most of the area of Texas that we were in was mostly bass country. So I was selling a lot of bass rods. Uh-huh. And uh, they were doing a lot of fiberglass rods. They did a lot of cranking rods and, and uh, big crankbait rods at that time. And not very much fly rod, not, not really fly rods in that in that part of the world at that time. And uh, yeah. But since since that time, I still uh, I've been a fly guy for well, really. I got heavily into it really when I was at Hodgman back in the late nineties. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy that owned the company was a hardcore fly guy by the name of Ron Foster. Ron bought the company back in the nineteen seventies. And uh, we did an annual trip every year that we would go and fish the park. We'd go to Montana and fish the park for a week. Nice. And uh, it was great. I mean, we just we had a, a tremendous group of guys that we used to fish together every year. And, and uh, well, I learned a lot. I, I, I was really fortunate in those days to be able to coattail with some guys who had been in the industry a long time. And uh, gave me an opportunity to learn, you know. Yeah. So, you know, um, are, are you involved or were you involved, like, with these other companies in, like, the marketing and um of the companies or what did you do with these other companies is pretty much the same thing that you're doing with paramount in in a a sense when i when i was with hodgman i was the sales guy okay i was their vp of sales at at hodge for about eight years and and towards the end of that they were sold in 2004 hodgman had been around since the 1830s was the oldest waiter company started off making rubber boots believe it or not making sewer boots in new york city back in the 1830s and been around for a long long time man i didn't know that and uh so it was it was my job there was to grow the sales business. We did that. Uh, the company was sold um, to a jargon company in 2000 and at the end of 2004. So I, I left there and, and uh, went to a little bitty company at that time called Frog Talks. It was a yeah. very, very small little fledgling company at that time, mostly regional sales, and uh, took over their sales and marketing side and as well as their sourcing side. I've been fortunate enough. Uh, I'm kind of a, a weird animal in this in the industry guy. I do the sales piece, but I also do a lot of the development side and product work. And so I've been working in Asia for many years and, and uh, so went to Frog Talks, took over that role and became their CEO and was mm-hmm. their CEO for about just under 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, left there and started another little company, a waiter company called Compass 360. Mm-hmm. A great little waiter line uh, with two other guys. We started it and, and got it up and running. And unfortunately, in 2018, one of the partners got cancer and died. And oh. so 
just the dynamic of the company changed. And so we ended up selling that, selling that company and, and, uh, recruited on board with the guys at Paramount. So it has been a, you know, it's, you never know I'm, I'm in my early sixties. And so you never know where you're going to land. And, yeah. uh, I never, I never thought I'd be the old guy in the waiter business. Uh, but I am <laughs> all good, man. I, just, I love it. You know, it's like Entertainer Bunny. I just never stop. You just got to keep on going. So this but, uh, Paramount's uh, relatively new. Is that correct? Yeah. On our, in the waiter side, absolutely new. We started making yeah. waiters three years ago. Okay. And uh, Paramount International is an old company, but their specialty was, was headwear and t-shirts. And so when I went on, I, I was hired on board with them to really kind of take that outdoor division and figure out where it needed to go. So we expanded headwear and we added the waiter line, honestly, because it was just something that I had had a lot of experience with and we felt like there was a hole in the market we wanted to be out and, and, and fill. So yeah, uh, the waiter line has been around for two or three years. We sell waiters to a lot of big box guys. We're also selling a lot of small independent retailers. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, the only place that I, I really have, have not gotten as far out there as we need to is out west where you guys are. Yeah, you know, you you sent me some waiters, man, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you sent me the Slate Guide Z uh, mm-hmm. p- uh, pant and the Deep mm-hmm. Eddy waiter, and yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. those are beautiful waiters, man, and well, uh, and, uh, and super comfortable. Well, good, 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 good. Yeah. We uh, those those waiters are coming from a factory in South Korea that uh, I've been working with this same factory since 1995, and uh, they build a great product. We've been really pleased to be involved with the Korean factory and and using Korean materials. It's a it is where a lot of factories have gone to China and other countries to save money. We we pay a little bit more, mm-hmm. but we feel like we just you know a waiter really has one job, guy. You know better than me. I mean, it's it's got one job. And that's yeah. to not leak. Right. Exactly. <laughs> so the, the, the return rate on the on the waiters coming out of Korea is less than one percent. So wow, we've been we've been really pleased. They do a great job, uh, and it's a it's a relationship deal. It's kind of like the industry. Everybody knows everybody, and. Uh-huh. Uh, and the Korean guys I've worked with for a long time, got to know the family that owns the factory really well. And so they do a great job so, and, uh, and, and build a great product. So when you go to uh, South Korea and you go uh-huh. go there, are you like coming, you have like an idea and then you start talking to the, the manufacturer. Here's what I want to do with this waiter. I want to put, you know, uh, different layers here in the, in the leg so they don't leak. And mm-hmm. I want pockets mm-hmm. here. And I mean, you're going through the whole design with them or... Is it somebody designs it here and then they go there and say, Hey, make this. And it's kind of, actually it's a little bit of both. I mean, most of it after the, you know, having done it for as many years as we have, um, we have a lot of it. will start off with an idea where we're trying to target a particular price point. We're trying to work on a certain retail number where we can get to a price Uh because we have a lot of customers. We do a lot of work with, with retailers who buy, there's a lot of Sims retailers out there that we work with as well. Uh-huh. And uh, I've known Casey Walsh and that group of guys for many, many years, uh-huh. and uh, they have a great brand. They've done a great job at building a waiter line, and so, but, but they are really going to be the top, the higher end of the of the in the good, better, best strategy for retailers. They're the best. They've they've really dominated that brand. Those guys, the Patagonia guys, have done a great job and built a great product. And so, we've got to come in below them. And when you have a a lesser known brand and you're really trying to build something. Uh-huh. Our target in the waiter business is always build a value-driven brand. Build build a great product, but build it where, you know, the uh, the, the barrier to entry for a young guy is not crazy. You don't have to spend six, seven hundred bucks to get a pair of waiters. Yeah, it's crazy. And <laughs> so we, yeah, it's it's gotten to be just really nuts. But yeah. you know, and I'm a I'm a blue-collar kid that grew up in Texas without much and just 
you know, always thought, you know, heck, we can build a great product for 200 bucks. Yeah. And uh, so we'll do that and then we'll build, we'll, we'll get an idea where we're trying to be on price. And then having worked with the factory for a long time, we can look at what the labor is, what the, you know, what the fabric usage is, what type of materials we're using, mm-hmm. uh, and what the breathability ratings are, what, you know, what the durability ratings are within the materials and the fabric and the components. And then we'll, we'll kind of build it backwards. We do a lot of really interesting design work before going to the factory. Then we'll, mm-hmm. I'll sit down at the factory, go through it with the, with the pattern makers and with the, the factory owner and with the, the factory design guys and make sure that it works. You know, sometimes I can sit down and draw something out on paper that looks cool, but may or may not work Right. Uh, when you cut and sew it. But we, uh, we'll put it together at the factory and we'll make some samples. We'll get it out and send it out to our sales guys out in the field. Or I've got a couple of key customers around the country who are really good at looking at the waiter market to see where it is. Many mm-hmm. of them are, carrying higher end waiters than ours, but they bring us in more is that what they would consider their entry level or their, you know, they're at 150 to $200 price points. Right. And, uh, and that's kind of where we live. We, we feel like it's a, it's our, our place in the waiter market is how to build a, it's a, a really the heritage of the old Hodgman days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Hodgman always, you know, Ron always wanted to be, he always wanted to be Sims, but he also knew where his, where his place needed to be on the, on the, on the grand scale of, selling products so we've kind of with hodgman being gone these days they were sold a couple of times and unfortunately just kind of have faded away over the last 20 years you know and what, what uh, marketing those guys had huh oh I yeah mean, it it was, just, it, i mean it just seems like you would go into you know out here in the west you'd go into a sports mm-hmm. chalet it's just all hodgman you know and, and oh, yeah. everybody oh, yeah. had hodgman on and it was just like yep. this marketing machine man yeah they had a at, back in those days we had about a 70 percent market share and okay. on the waiter side and of course uh-huh. when breathable waiters came out in the mid 90s they they really dominated it came out with a really good product mm-hmm. and uh ron foster the guy that owned the company was a great guy uh interesting flag i knew the market really well and uh i got lucky i got to coattail with him and he taught me a lot there and and, uh, and spent a lot of time on the factory side getting to learn how they were making that product what's going to be like some of your obstacles or what has been some of your os- obstacles you know um like getting it out there and that sort of thing, yeah. you know, what, what's, what, what's that like? Well, it's, you know, brand loyalty is a big deal in the industry, yeah. as you know, I mean, you and I have our favorite reels and we have our favorite rods and we have a lot of our favorite <laughs> products and, right. and, and we, you know, it's, we've, we've all fished those items for a long, long time. And so it's getting, it's really putting your brand in front of the customer and, and, mm-hmm. and doing it where they can learn who the brand is and what, and, and begin to search out the product. The biggest challenge that we have is, you know, I, when I bought Paramount this year and, and guy, I'll be, really transparent with you we just you know we don't have an endless supply of money yeah and so as, as opposed to going in and throwing millions of dollars in marketing the brand our, yeah. our philosophy is put it on the water find yeah. some guides get get a good guide here and there who needs yep. you know guides are always in need of good product get a good get a good field staff of guys out there wearing your wearing your product smart get it on the shelf and some key retailers and and it'll be a word of mouth deal and it'll grow yeah and back it up with good customer service. That's the real key for us. I mean, one of the biggest challenges today, I think, is is customer service in the waiter business, as well as, you know, returns are always a question that people have. Yeah. Uh, what happens if it leaks or what happens if it if it falls apart? I mean, what happens if it fails? And mm-hmm. and the answer is we've got to back that up and take care of that. So we do uh, our facility here in Alabama. We do a lot of testing. Mm-hmm. We built a, I've got a giant stainless steel <coughs> test tank. So we're, we guys oh, really? who send waiters back. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Guys who send waiters back to us. We test them, look at them, we fix them or we replace them depending on, yeah. you know, if, if a guy's, if 
we have a one-year warranty on all of our waiting products. And okay. uh, if it fails within the first year after you buy it, we'll either fix it or send you another one. Wow, that's so, a good deal. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a way to get started. It's the way we did it at Hodgman back in the day. Uh-huh. And uh, so it's, I think the biggest challenge we have is just brand recognition. People are still learning who we are. And uh, it, it, you know how the industry is. It's slow. And it takes time. Nobody steps into it quickly. There's a few guys on the apparel side who have done a great job. Uh, building some really cool products and sunglasses. I've, I, they're some of my favorite brands out there. I watch in the industry. Uh, the Bahio guys have been interesting to watch. Uh, they've really come on strong. Uh-huh. So there's 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 a lot of brands that that hit the market that come on strong. We're probably going to be a little slower than that. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna grow slow and steady and uh, try to keep my banker from going too crazy. Trying to keep up. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's awesome. What? Yeah. Are you guys doing any shows or anything? Are you going to be at any we shows do. doing that? Or? We, we, we're not doing any, any consumer shows at the moment. We're, we bought the company in July, so this we've only been six months into it uh-huh. on, our nic- on, on our nickel here. But we do a lot of – we'll be at the ICAST show in the summertime, okay. uh, fishing show down in Orlando. We do that show and work with a lot of our retailers there. And we do some regional buying shows. We work with some buying groups within the industry that are independent retailers that all come together and we do some small shows for them. And then we will probably begin next fall uh, going into spring of 25. We'll start working on consumer shows and, you know, doing some of the old FFF shows and some of the fly fishing shows that are out there. So do you guys have somebody that like goes to like, let's say like Bass Pro and, and then they got to, they got to try to sell your guy, your, the product into the store. Um, Mm. How does that go down? Is there somebody that takes all the product there and gives like a demonstration? There, we do it a couple of different ways. We've got sales reps around the country that, that I've worked with in many cases for many years. And so we'll have a sales rep group that's an independent rep. Yeah. And they'll go in and work with the Bass Pros or they'll work with the Dick Sporting Goods. Or they'll come out uh, west where you guys are. And, and uh, you know, some of the old guys out west are all gone. That's the crazy part. Yeah. The old G.I. Joe's guys are gone. And, uh-huh. you know, Sports Chalet is, is all now gone. But yeah. Uh, so the industry's changed quite a bit, especially out west. Uh-huh. And uh, but we'll have independent sales guys, and then honestly, what happens for me is, is I I get to jump on an airplane and go sit down and make those presentations a lot. Uh huh. And uh, you know, it's it's just part of the waiter business is a very niche little world. It's pretty small, uh-huh. and a lot of it is a trust factor. Uh, with a lot of our retailers out there, they want to make sure they're not buying some product that's going to fail or that they're going to have to get stuck with. And uh, the only way they do that is they put me on the hook for it yeah and uh you know i sit down with them and say guys here's what we're going to do and and uh fortunately having having been the waiter guy for a long time now i know most of these guys and so they're they're pretty accepting of you know drake has never hosed us in the past uh-huh. so let's let's uh let's give it a try so when you sell something like that like in one of those yep. big box stores what's that like i mean you make a big sale it must be like a really cool feeling huh can be yeah it can be i mean it can be really exciting i mean it's a yeah. it's a challenge because what a, you know what you also learn is working with these big box guys can be a real challenge working with the independents is fun yeah i'd, I'd almost rather work with the smaller independent guys because they're just fun they're most yeah. of them are really passionate about about the industry they're passionate especially fly shop guys because they're passionate about being in the fly industry they For love sure. it and yeah. so I love working with smaller guys. It's less money, but it's a lot more satisfying because you got guys who really care about the industry. Mm-hmm. The big box guys are probably less that. I mean, they, they tend to be more business driven. They've got a lot more bean counters in the back, 
in the backside of that business looking at the numbers. Uh-huh. And so it's, it's less passion and more business. Mm-hmm. But the number on our side, the, you know, the volume is always important. So it, it feeds our team here. We've got a small group of people that we want to take care of their families. And, and we're a family-owned company. My son is actually does a lot of our e-com work and does a lot of our uh, inside marketing here. And so we've, you know, we've, we got to have those big guys as well. But it's, yeah. and it, and it helps push that brand out there as well. Yeah. I counted, you guys have, correct me if I'm wrong, but you guys have like 14 different types of waiters. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, that's, this, that's this year. Yeah. We yeah. Do. And that's we, incredible, man. That's a lot of work. Just well, to get all those different ones, right? <laughs> there is. Yeah. Uh, and the biggest challenge is trying to carry inventory and all those things. As well. I mean, oh, absolutely, a, huh? <laughs> you know, as, and as you know, waiters don't fit everybody. I mean, it is right. the craziest business. I get a lot of guys. I spend a lot of time on the phone. Uh-huh. You know, we love we love guys who call us and they say, "Look, I've got a I got a fifty inch chest, but I've got a twenty seven inch inseam, and, <laughs> yeah. and nothing nothing fits me." And the answer is, "Dude, you're just not meant to wear waders. You're just not." You know, sounds like I one of my friends. You, you know, there's a lot of those guys out there, or yeah. or you get the guys who are just really tall, skinny guys, and and it's really hard to fit them as well. So yeah, it's it's a it's a challenge to get. You know, we try to tell everybody we try to fit eighty percent of the customers out there. Yeah, and uh, but but we carry a, a wide variety of styles. We'll have more coming this year. I've got a new a new line coming out, and in, in, uh, we'll have it in April twenty four. That'll be a fly shop exclusive line. It'll be strictly for the fly shop guys. Huh. We'll keep it out. We'll keep it out of the big box guys. You know, we're trying to make our philosophy of this whole thing too, guys. We want our independence to make money, yeah. and uh, and to be able to do that, we do a lot of crazy things. We do a lot of what we call map pricing on, especially on online sales. Uh-huh. You know, it's it's always a challenge for a fly shop guy to to uh, to buy a waiter, and then the customer walks into a store and finds it, you know, for sale on Amazon or somewhere else for thirty percent less, and that just that just kills that retailer. Yeah. And so we're we're pretty big on trying to keep pricing where it's where the guys can make money, yep. uh, and try to try to make it as fair as we can for everybody. So that's, I mean, we're not healthy if the customer's not healthy. You know. Yeah. And you, so, uh, you guys have, um, I'm going to go, the, the Meridian Z zippered chest waiter yep. is a really nice waiter. It's zippered. It's a, mm-hmm. z- a zippered one with a waterproof zipper and everything for 350 yep. bucks. I yep, mean, that's, that's a, right. what a great deal. It is a great product. And we yeah. built that, you know, I, I cheated a little bit on that. I followed the lead <laughs> on, on, on the Sims G3. They did a great thing by, <laughs> right by the way they built that lower body where they really come up over the butt. It's, that's a uh-huh. great product for if you got a guy in a, who's in a drift boat all day and he's wearing his butt uh, out rowing that boat, that right. product is phenomenal. It's got a six ply legging that comes up over the butt, and it, and it really is a, is a well made product. Uh, we moved the leg seams to the to the uh, front of the front of the uh, actually the outside of the thigh, so you don't have that inside leg seam. If you if you got a heavy set guy, he's not rubbing those seams together. And then that zipper, we, we're buying the zipper out of Germany. That's a uh, the T Zip zipper program is a great great product. We don't. You know, back at the back in gosh, back in the '90s, we tried to make a zippered waiter at Hodgman, and we were using a, a different European zipper. Just never really held up as well. And that particular zipper on that waiter has been so strong. Um, and we're getting them, we're building them at the Korean factory, and we sell that product. You know, our retailers can sell that product for three fifty to three ninety nine. I think that's the price range we generally find it in. Um, and it's it's a killer product. I mean, it's it's been I. I had a meeting. I was I was in uh, Pulaski, New York, last week. I don't know if you've ever fished that Salmon yeah. River area in upstate New York. No, they've got a they've yeah. got a great salmon run in the fall, and one of the last great American 
salmon runs. It's just amazing. And uh, we got a lot of small guys up on there's about five guys up on that river that all carry that wader and have had tremendous success with it. So okay. it's it's fun to go sit down with those guys and hear all the good stories, you know. Isn't it? I bet. Yeah, it is a ball. I have uh, I, I do a lot of teaching, you know, fly fishing and I do a yeah. lot I, I mean I, I you know, I don't know if you know this, but I own a fly shop. Uh, yeah, on, yeah. The, on the Kern River out here, out west, and yeah. um, no, I, I did my homework there, big boy. <laughs> oh, you did? Okay, All <laughs> yeah, right. absolutely. Uh, okay. No, you guys got a great spot out there. Thank you. Um, and I do a lot of, um, you know, we're pretty close to the coast too, so I'm not only do yeah. we have the Kern River, I, I do a lot of teaching on the in the surf, you know, for surf species, and um, and you guys, yeah. you guys also have a a, a booted wader as well. Mm, like. we do yeah we do we have several and there are more coming this year uh we've expanded this year as well that's not in your book but we've got uh, we've gone into the waterfowl industry as well uh-huh. started building some breathable camouflage waders for the hunting for the for the waterfowl industry mostly that you know that's a real central flyway that runs from minnesota all the way down into arkansas texas louisiana uh-huh. uh we stayed we stayed in that market it, it's not for us, it's we we've really focused more on the fly side of the industry. We feel like the fly business is what we know. Uh-huh. Um, and I grew up on the Gulf Coast in Texas, so I spent a lot of time doing surf fishing as well. Did you? So uh, that saltwater deal is, in fact, that that's the waiter that's called the slate waiter was really developed for fishing in. Uh, I was fishing in Port O'Connor down along the, in a big bay, uh, okay. saltwater bay, and uh, you know you're waiting. You know, it could be a quarter mile away from the boat where you're tied up. You need to be able to carry all your stuff. And so uh-huh. we built a kind of an extra large pocket on that on that guy so we could, you know, you carry all your crap with you. Not have to go back to the boat every time you need to get something out. I love it. Absolutely yeah. cool, man. I I can't believe how many different styles of waders you guys have. It's unbelievable. It's really cool. Well, it's, it's you know, when you look at when you look at the sins of the world and you look at, at yeah. some of our competitors, there's a lot of product out there. And there's a yeah. lot of, there are a lot of options. And so... We try to fit the, we try to fit the bill for the entry level guy. You'll, I mean, we have some very very simple designs that are, you know, the entry level piece for a guy that, you know, a young guy could even buy a youth waiter for a hundred bucks. Yeah, uh, all the way up, all the way up to a guide product. So that that's a good high quality product. It's you know we have a, Sims has always had a great guide program, mm-hmm. uh, but it's still it's still expensive for those guys who are, oh, who are totally. rowing those boats. You know how that works. You got yeah. guys that work in your shop. And, yeah, you know it's. It's big money, and they've got and and half their you know half their clients don't have the gear when they get out there to go fishing anyway. So mm-hmm. half the time the guide is supplying is supplying waders and rods and 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 all the gear out of the store as well. So uh, we try to build a kind of a cross section, anything from three hundred bucks down to a hundred bucks retail. That's kind of where we live, and uh, make it make it. But at the same time, it's not. It's you know I, I have a tendency to, to to look at the industry and go. It's not junk. I mean, we're, yeah. we're making a really good product. So it's a, you can do it. You just have to, you have to focus on how, what the value of that product is. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we got into the fly fishing side years ago, but we started, like a lot of people, we had no money. And uh, <laughs> we just wanted to learn how to do it. You know, I, I think my first rod I ever had was one of those old scientific angler rods and scientific angler reels. You know, those old combos that they used to have back in the day. Yeah. And, uh, little nine you know nine foot five weight was what I, that's what i started with I had to learn yeah. everything on that so yeah uh i would i would attend a class like yours and go you know show me how to do this i don't get it <laughs> yeah so what's what's south korea like south korea is interesting <laughs> it's yeah. uh it's great manufacturing i mean uh-huh. uh they do a, of course you can look at the car industry they've started building all the hyundais and there's a lot of korean manufacturing coming out of there 
the nice thing too is we have a the U.S. has a uh, a free trade agreement with South Korea, so we can bring in products from Korea. Oh, okay. And build, and it, the product costs a little bit more, but you don't have all the duty and extra taxes coming into the country that you would have from other oh, places. Oh, okay. So it's it, from a value perspective, you get a really good quality product. They, what what's happened really from a historical perspective? I think guys that they you know they were occupied by the Japanese during the war, and and after that they took a lot of influence from the Japanese, and so. Korea has followed that market. They've got a great work ethic there. They've got, mm. and they and they focus on really high quality. And so, uh, some things are just, you know, it makes me a little nuts. I do I do some business in Japan as well. Oh, do and, you? Uh, and yeah, and the quality level is really their deal. That's that's what they focus on. So when you go there, you go to the factories. You talk to the families that um, that manufacture there and all that kind of stuff. Do you ever get a chance to go fishing there in in that area, like fly fishing? Is there any fly yeah. fishing in there? Very, very rarely. Well, actually, uh -huh. Korea has has an interesting little fly scene going on. It's all really, really? small water. Uh -huh. Yeah, yeah. It's it's mostly mountain streams. Oh, cool. It's it's three weight and four weight stuff. It's yeah. really small. Uh huh. Um, and it's got this. It's got an interesting little committed crowd of Korean guys who are out there, are out there fishing. In fact, the waiter factory that we work with has a has a local Korean line of waiters that they built just for the Korean market. Huh. And uh, that's that was one of the guys who founded the factory was an avid was an avid fly guy. First guy I'd ever met, Korean guy that was actually a fly guy, which was I thought at the time was really crazy. I thought you know there's no there's no fly fishing in Korea, but there is. That's cool. And uh, so this they they started the factory with, and he has unfortunately since passed away, but uh, they still have that influence of that that local market. And uh, it's been it's it, Korea is an interesting place. I. I'm I'm very happy to be in the United States, as you can imagine. <laughs> but uh, but South Korea is a good spot. They they've you, got great. Do you feel stuff going on? Do you feel safe when you go there? I mean, is it kind of like that kind of a a vibe, or do you have to be careful? Oh, oh no no no! South Korea is <laughs> it's just like being in any well, you know it's it's a pretty dense population. It's like being in any major city anywhere uh -huh. really. Uh, uh -huh. But no no safety factor is not an issue at all. I've got a mm -hmm. uh, typically the the factory is in a little town called Incheon, and Incheon is about an hour outside of Seoul. Uh, the, the South Korean capital. So occasionally I'll go in, I'll take an extra day and just go into Seoul and do a little shopping and mess around, have some great Korean food. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, li life, life is like fly fishing. It's all about the experience. So Absolutely. You got to enjoy it while you're there. And um, so, yeah, South Korea is great. Now there are other places that we go that we build products in that are not quite so <laughs> interesting. And uh -huh. uh, I build a lot of headwear in Bangladesh and uh -huh. uh, Bangladesh can be a challenge uh -huh. uh, just because it's hot and sweltery and rough and uh, doesn't have quite the, re the refined nature that the Koreans have. Okay. But uh, great, great suppliers over there, though. Tell me about your headwear. Headwear, we got Paramount's been in headwear since 1929. They, they, uh, the, the apparel company that we come from, our parent company, and uh, build a lot of product. They, they have a golf line. If you're, if you're ever in the golf industry, there's a, a line of caps called Imperial. Oh, yeah. Imper Imperial is the official cap of the PGA. They do a tremendous uh -huh. volume of visits with Greengrass Golf guys. And so Imperial, I've, I've worked very closely with the Imperial guys for the last four years uh, at Paramount. And uh, so we piggyback a lot of things on what Imperial does, from fabrics to construction to a lot of the high-quality things that they do. We follow in that uh, with with the Paramount caps that we do. So we, we do a lot of pre-decorated caps, which is, kind of an interesting trend we started following 
uh, guys like Howler Brothers, who I'm sure you've seen. Of course, uh, yeah. We start we started following the Howler Brother guys. We started following there's a group out of Austin, another group out of Austin, Texas called Duck Camp. There are several guys out there who young guys. Uh-huh. Uh, and again, I'm an old guy, so I have to really refer back to these younger guys <laughs> who are in their 20s and 30s. Uh-huh. You just have a different kind of mindset. They, you yeah. know, not only do they want to be in the outdoors, but they want to look good. They want to they yeah. want to have the cool factor. And so we started watching that, and I realized we've got in my again, I'm I'm cheating as my son is 34 and <laughs> he's tied into that community. And yeah. I said we got to start. You know, we got to build some better product. It can't just be about logos. It can't just be about a branded cap. It's got to be about yeah. The cool factor. How mm-hmm. do you build a How do you build a great cap that looks cool that, that a young guy wants to buy? Yeah. And uh, we kind of came to the conclusion that men are funny animals, even though we know that already. But <laughs> whereas whereas women buy purses and shoes to accessorize, there's a whole group of men out there who buy caps. Oh my gosh. That's their That's their fashion accessory, and and I never realized that there were guys out there that might own a hundred caps. Oh my gosh, yes. And it's and and it's so we started building for that market, and uh, it's been. It's been wildly successful. We've, you know, we we blow through thousands and thousands of caps here, yes. even since we bought the company. Our our econ business over over the holidays this last month has just been crazy, crazy. That's great. But awesome. uh, it's a it's a fun business. Now it's it's it changes. It's a trendy market. Yeah. And um, so we do. We've got a lot of fishing hats that we do. We we do a lot of things with salmon and with brown trout. We do a lot of we do a lot of fun things that represent our sport. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's it's uh and, and the quality of the headwear is great. You know, it's a, a the caps that we sell typically retail for about thirty bucks. Yeah. So they're not cheap. You know, yeah. it's it's the the cap market has changed a lot. In the old days when you and I were kids, they were ten dollar <laughs> caps. are now thirty dollar caps. Yeah, exactly. But right. uh, you guys got some great logos. You guys a total ver- a variety of different um, fly fishing caps. Even um, yeah, oh yeah, fly or die, and you got bass, yeah, and you got trout, yeah. and. Uh, um all that kind of stuff it looks great yeah we 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 kind of took some, and, and this was where the old guy was beneficial because i went back and pulled some themes from the grateful dead and some great old <laughs> rock and roll great old rock and roll <laughs> themes that i loved as a kid uh-huh. and we tried to integrate them into some cool designs so it, it it uh not to steal from those guys but to just play on what they do so yeah yeah it was uh it, it was a lot of fun so you guys are involved with uh mossy oak as well we have been we uh that was that, that's actually a carryover from from the paramount apparel days we did a lot of work with with uh with mossy oak we built a line of apparel for them and built a line oh, okay uh that we did did for retailers around the country that is we since we've purchased paramount outdoor we will change some of that mm-hmm. uh, we'll still continue forward with some of the lightweight fishing uh you know the the high performance fishing shirts we'll have some of that going forward but a lot of the old camo pieces are going away we're gonna we have decided that that uh, the camo apparel business is probably not who we are long term, and and again, it's like it's like you guys are on the current river. You know the fly world, and that's what we know, and 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 that's and that's what we care about. So we're going to continue to expand in that direction. Oh, awesome! And then you guys also have jackets. Are you guys going to stay in the jacket world as well? Or? Yeah, we will. We'll okay. do that. I mean, we've got uh, we right now. We just do some wading jackets that are very traditional style wading jackets, and our goal mm-hmm. is to be. You know, a really nice waterproof, breathable, lightweight jacket that we can be, you know, be at around 100 to 120 bucks retail. Uh, still trying to keep it at that at that value price point. All really well made products. The benefit is having been the CEO at Frog Talks for 10 years. We learned we we made some great products with a variety of manufacturers there, and we won't we won't go any of those any of the non woven pieces, the lower end pieces. But we've got some great rainwear suppliers that will 
continue to work with, and we'll expand that. Um, we're doing a piece, uh, a sportsman's jacket for the guys up on the Salmon River that we, we just finalized last week. Nice. Uh, those guys love pockets. I mean, it's the craziest yeah. thing you've ever seen. We'll, we'll have a new wading jacket out that'll have about 30 pockets on it, which is kind of oh crazy. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's, it's like, like a, having a vest and yeah, a jacket together. Exactly. But uh, we made it back in the day at Hodge. We made that piece, and it sold like crazy, and, and now we still have people asking for it. So uh, we will continue to do that, and uh, we'll, we're kind of anxious to keep that rolling. We do a lot of work in Canada as well. Uh-huh. Uh, we, we do a, a big job for the guys at Canadian Tire. Uh, Canadian Tire does a, actually started selling quite a. They've gotten hard into the waiter business in the last couple of years, so Very cool. uh, they still they still love neoprene up there, which is kind of weird uh, <laughs> for our for our market in the South. But uh, they, you know, I I go to I travel to Canada and work closely with those guys, and the answer is, Drake, it's cold. It's cold up here, man. It's cold. It's Canada. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, well, guys, I get it, but geez, Louise, I I just have, I've, I've gotten so far removed from neoprene, it's just I don't wear it anymore. <laughs> So you're in uh, Alabama. Are you doing any fly fishing there? A little bit, not much. Yeah. We we've got we're in a, a little town called Gunnersville, which is <clears> right <throat> on Lake Gunnersville, big, huge uh, impound that's a part of the Tennessee uh, Tennessee River. We've got about seventy thousand acres in the lake here, so we'll get out and you know we're the freaks here in Alabama. I, this is bass country here. I so, know, yeah. It's, it's, you it's, know, when when you wade out and you're just fishing for panfish or you're throwing a little you know a little seven weight or a little eight weight. Uh-huh. Uh huh. You know, all the guys in the bass boats go flying by, and they look at you like you're crazy. But <laughs> that's okay. We're having fun. Yeah. And we're and we're only about four hours from the mountains of Carolina, so we can uh-huh. go up and and fish the Davidson up in the mountains. Uh, we do a little backpacking as well, so we get up uh, and hit some sections of the AT mm-hmm. uh, Appalachian Trail there, yeah. and do some fishing along the trail. So, yeah, there's there's we can fly fish a little. The mountains of the Carolinas are really pretty sweet. Now there's it's a lot of smaller fish. Yeah, you know, not not like you guys have out west. These are little brookies that are, you know, a big fish is going to be a pound. Yeah. So, uh, but you know, the the thrill is still the same. Getting into the rhododendron up in the mountains up there and and fishing a little bitty water and fishing like a four weight. Uh, it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm I'm a bass geek too on the fly. So yeah, I, I totally yeah. get it. We have, you know, in the lower current here, we have smallmouth and largemouth in the river, which is a blast. And then yeah, then we have uh, striped bass nearby. And so we do a lot of that. Um, it's just fun, and I'm totally into it. So <laughs> oh yeah, no no no, it's it's great. I mean, I, I the, the place yeah. that I like I told you, I was up in salmon country last week in upstate New York, and and that's a place that I've only gotten to go really fish. I've spent a lot of time working, but never fishing. So I'm we're trying to set aside some time next fall. The salmon run starts in August. Okay. And uh, it is it is incredible. I mean, they're pulling thirty and forty pound salmon out of that river. Wow! And all on flies. And nice. so it's a it's a pretty sweet place to go. We're gonna it's just continuing to expand the the fly fishing world. You know, yeah. try something new. One of the things um, about my podcast is I have people on my podcast just like you that are a lot of people that are um, you know entrepreneurs but you know into business and that sort of thing or it could be music it could be whatever it is but whatever it is whatever genre they're in the reason why they're successful is that they're they're uh, going after their passion you know sure and you can obviously hear it in your voice how you're still passionate even in your 60s you're like passionate about you know your products and yeah. It's just really cool to to hear uh, about well, your company, you know. 
I, I appreciate that. It's, yeah. you know, wh- why else do we do it? You know, I, I, I've, <laughs> right. I, I've worked my whole life. I'm probably going to continue doing this for a while. I don't have any intention of walking away. It's, it's just yeah. what I do. And, and, uh, where else? I mean, think about where you guys are. I mean, it's, yeah. where else would you rather be is on a river somewhere. Exactly. Uh, and exactly. if you can do it and make a living doing it yeah. all the better. Absolutely. Well, so. well, Drake, thank you so much for uh, sharing me your uh, Paramount Outdoors company and everything that you guys do. Um, amazing. Um, I, I hope that you guys get a lot of uh, waiter sales just from people hearing uh, this podcast, <laughs> man. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate the guy and we, you know, we, we appreciate you guys giving us a chance to be on air and, yeah. and work with you guys. And, and uh, you know, the podcast world has changed the way people are listening to the news and yeah. listening to what they, what they hear every day. And, and uh, we really appreciate you guys having us on. And thanks for sending those waiters, man. Those are awesome. Yeah, you bet, man. If you need anything else, let me know. We'll get you square. Thanks, buddy. All right, man. All right, man. Take care. Talk to you. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. With everything going on in the world today, right now could be the best time ever to diversify your retirement savings with precious metals like gold and silver. I just bought some precious metals myself, and I got them from the top-rated company, Gold Co., They couldn't have made the process easier and their customer service was impeccable. Gold Co. has helped thousands of people just like you and me place over $2.5 billion in gold and silver. They're rated A-plus by Better Business Bureau. They've earned over 5,000 five-star reviews. They're a seven-time incorporated 5,000 winner. And that's just mentioning a few of their accomplishments. There's plenty more. Right now, for my listeners, they're offering up to $10,000 in bonus silver. You heard that right, up to $10,000 in bonus silver, but only while supplies last. Go to goldco.com slash guy to learn more. That's goldco.com slash guy. Diversify your savings with gold and silver today at goldco.com slash guy. It's a guy jeans podcast.